0: Welcome to No Bucks Given, the equestrian podcast where we have honest conversations about the horse industry. Whether it's breaking down the science behind common myths and debunking them or tackling a hard social topic about the horse industry, we get to the bottom of what matters most, how to best advocate and care for our horses, who we love so much. Today, I'm joined by our most loved guest of the podcast (laughs) and a dear friend and my trainer, Melissa Gallagher. Melissa is an equine emotion specialist as well as a classical dressage rider with over with X numbers of years of experience. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was like, what? I was, what like, I, was like, do you, I was like, do you not want me to age you? I don't know.
1: How long have I been doing this? 30, 38 years? Wow. 39? Yeah. Yeah. You don't
0: look old enough. You're the best. Um, And we have a topic we are super excited to talk about, which is gadgets we don't buck with. I think it's going to be a good one. We're going to discuss both sides of this. We're going to discuss um, the – for my end, we're going to discuss the – uh, physiolo- physiological uh, things that happen when we use gadgets that are not for our horse's benefits and are taking a shortcut. And Melissa is going to speak to the negative effects of the training and emotion of the animals when they're subjected to these. This is such a beefy topic that we really want to dissect. So we're mostly going to focus this episode on riding and lunging aids that force the head and neck into a certain position. Um, we are going to talk and touch on briefly bits and spurs, but we're going to mostly save those for the next episode. Great. So, Melissa, I'd love to just hear a little bit of like, before we dive in, I'd love to hear a little bit of your history um, when using different gadgets uh, when it comes to um, training horses. Like, are there some you like, some you don't like? Are there any that are a hard stop for you?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So, I've, I've been doing this as we just said, for a really long time. So in the 80s, it was like everything was on the table. (laughs) Um, More of an old school mentality. Uh, Get the job done. The horse needs to submit and the horse needs to do these things. It needs to put its head down. And so you'll use whatever means necessary, basically.
0: That's an interesting word, submit. And that's changed for you it's over It's changed, years, yes, very much it. so. And yeah. I was
1: kind of following what I was taught. And I was lucky to be at a wonderful riding school. that We weren't at a, a show barn. We weren't, um, you know, focused on that alone. It was a lot of learning how to ride correctly. So I was very lucky in that way. Yeah. I didn't really discover what we would call gadgets um, until a little bit later. Um, so my base was really good. Um, other than, like, maybe grazing reins for ponies and things (laughs) like that. Um, But I actually think I just got pulled off a lot instead of having a grazing rein,
0: to be honest. Yeah, I did too.
1: I yeah, just got I never pulled over the front
0: anything. a bunch. I remember, like, <laughs> riding in Pony Club and seeing other kids had grazing reins, and I was like, you can do that? Right, like <laughs> that? And then to find out you can just do it with baling twine? Like, come on. What? <laughs> like, you don't even have to spend any money on <gasps> it? And you're like, does my trainer not like me? <laughs> exactly. And
1: then I was like, oh, she's really teaching me to, like, sit down. Okay. Uh, and, you're, and
0: you're like, I was 80 pounds at yeah, the time. exactly. Okay. <laughs> and I
1: fell off three times in one trail ride this way. Also, my trainer, I think by the end of it, Robin Brookman, I love you. But she was just like, Are you on the ground again? <laughs> I was like, Sorry. <laughs> That's so cute. Get back on. <laughs> so then, but by the time I got into like later in high school and in college, and I was really into eventing and show jumping, um, it was a lot of uh, draw reins, um, big bits, and a like a lunging system
0: yeah (laughs) a lunging pulley system pulley system that may or may not ride with Miss Soa system (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so and I
1: actually had a horse I had more than one horse flip over wow and yeah uh, in 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 any specific that system in that system oh wow yep and uh and so I was like huh now I was young also (laughs) but in in watching like how these things worked and the and the and the draw reins um, were very common. I mean we all rode in draw reins.
0: Well, yeah, you know the thing about draw reins is it's not just that it achieves the effect that you want with the horse of creating that nice round frame, but honestly like you know when I was uh, at one point when I was working for someone they had me use them and after when you've ridden like three or four horses in a day and you're going to get on a really strong horse like those reins are breath of fresh air it's very easy, it's it makes your life a lot easier yes, it does <laughs> and so and i had a trainer um
1: in my early 20s and she wouldn't let me use them and i had just come from a barn where i used them like basically on every horse
0: and was that when you were a show jumper i
1: was a show jumper okay. yeah yeah and um And not a great one, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was never a professional show jumper. I just want to put that out there. Um, But then I went to this other trainer, and she was like, no. And she was actually the one that that told me my favorite line that I still use all these years later, that there should be one pair in the world, and everyone should have to share them. I love that. And I used to think, like, Why? (laughs) <laughs> like, everybody uses them.
0: Well, and also just a little bit like... <laughs> Come on. Like, I've been using them for years. What's
1: wrong? And so, but now I go, oh, my gosh. Like, I say the same line, and I've now been yeah. saying it forever. But it did take me a while to understand what she was really talking about. Right. Um, and then as I got more and more into dressage uh, and natural horsemanship, really, yeah. I think, is what made me go like, wait a minute. And the natural horsemanship, I really started when I was maybe in my mid-20s and then got seriously into it in my late 20s. And that made me sort of realize I wanted to go completely to the other end and go way more holistic um, in my approach to training. And, I, you know, and I'm not saying that there's not a place ever for draw reins or side reins or... Um, yeah, you know, that's pretty much it. No, I mean the the running martingale, which we'll talk about later Um, Yeah, the running martingale But what I can tell you is in my barn Mm. I only have my rope halters and a singular pair of side reins
0: Right, and I'm guessing they're pretty dusty And they're pretty dusty, (laughs) yeah I actually think I might have even seen your side reins I think you were cleaning out a locker for me And you pulled out this ancient piece of leather And I was like, what are those? What is that? (laughs)
1: And so, you know, and it's been... And I'm I'm not saying either, like, there's been some horses, like Kate's old horse, where she would go, just use the draw, rings like, it'll make your life so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, you're not wrong.
0: Yeah, no, it does make your life easier. Right, but I was so determined to fix yeah. Jag.
1: Right. Like, really, and you know, yeah, because no. you've ridden him. Yeah. And he was very upside down and, and, and a mental wonder right. when we got him, you know. Right. So... Uh, it was a whole journey, but he actually was, like, the horse that I'll talk about the most, about being like, I'm so glad I didn't cave and yeah. do the draw reins because he really learned how to come up through the thoracic sling and right. and use himself and carry himself in his own core and everything, which I think with draw reins, you you just miss so much of that, and and it creates an unnatural frame, and it puts the horse behind the vertical and doesn't get them to use their hind leg, and, you know, and so... I just uh, started using less and less equipment as I went yeah. down the
0: line. So it wasn't some big revelation you had. You just kind of figured out a better way and then right. as phased I went. out of your life. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it really does seem like, I mean, I kind of feel like as we were talking and planning this episode, it seemed like really the theme of this episode is that in the right hand, which is maybe 0.01% of the equestrian population, some of these gadgets are okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does seem like 99.9% of the time they're being used um, to take a shortcut that that should not be taken for a correct and comfortable end result for the horse. And I think the... For me, the physical effects of them are just so devastating. And mental. And mental, yeah. I mean, you know, I see, like, so many horses who have been ridden in draw reins or – uh, side reins, and which are used incorrectly to them, and they're just so muscular, they're so muscle sore all through their neck. Mm-hmm. A lot of those horses have um, either diagnosed neck arthritis or suspected ne- neck arthritis. Right. They might have nuchal bursitis and very post. overdeveloped up. Uh- they're very overdeveloped um, in their uh, splenius capitis mm-hmm, and exactly. their semispinalis muscles. Um, they're very overdeveloped in their brachiocephalicus muscles, which is the under part of their neck. Mm-hmm. They're not developed through their top their line trap. at all. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not developed through their cervical trapezius mm-hmm. muscles at all. Um, and, like, they just are so uncomfortable. And they – because the hard thing is about – about dressage is that it's supposed to be inviting a horse to use themselves correctly. Like I think yes. of dressage as Pilates for horses, Yes, but you, you probably wouldn't enjoy Pilates if you were forced to do it with your chin tied to your chest.
1: And I love how you just said invite. You know, that's a word I use all the time about connection. The horse should be invited into connection. So if you're using something to hold the head in place, that's not an invitation. Right. And so that's one of my favorite words to describe proper connection. If it's not an invitation, then it's not correct.
2: Right.
1: Right. And so, and it's not that you can't use a tool to help in certain circumstances with the right hands or whatever, I'm not saying that. But when you think of contact and and a horse that you want, you want the horse to want to be there.
0: Right.
1: And so, yes, it's the very, very, very much harder road. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. (laughs) But if you um, like self-torture, like, Right. I do. Well, if I a, a,
0: a, <laughs> <an> <laughs> Well, if you, if you care, I mean, I think what it comes down to is if you actually care to do dressage the way that it's meant to and what the essence of dressage is, which yes. is training. The word dressage in French means to train. Yes. And to train um, and to do dressage, in my opinion, is to fall in love with the process. Yes. Um, it's all about the journey, right? It is all about the journey. So why would you take a shortcut um, and... Hurt your horse, right? When it's supposed to be about your journey and your partnership. I think so many,
1: you know, um, so many times it's pressures or goals or competitions or you know, there's so many factors. And and I think like and we talked about this in the empathy episode too, but like, it's okay. Take the time.
0: Yeah, take the time.
1: Take the time to show your horse and yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and I tell something I tell all my students. I was really hard on one of my favorite students recently, and, um, and then he came today, and it was like totally different, and that was like three awesome. weeks ago, and I was so proud of him, and I just kept yeah. praising him, because I, I was pretty tough on him, you yeah. know, about the connection a few weeks ago, and, and then I said, like, I'm not being, and me being tough, he's right. like, you know, I'm nice yeah. about it, but I always make sure to tell people, it's nothing that I haven't gone through myself. Exactly.
0: Yeah, me and you have both used side reins and draw right, reins I've used and all of these we're things. not proud of it, right? right? Like we have used, we've been in those shoes yes. of like that this is my fourth or fifth horse of the day right. or this is a very strong horse and I don't know a better way. But I would implore anyone who's in that position now to look to where their horse is physically and mentally before using a gadget because I can basically guarantee that any horse that you're putting a gadget on To fix a problem, um, they probably have like a pretty severe amount of neck pain that's Mm -hmm. causing them to not want to drop and um, soften their head and neck. Because horses' necks are extremely mobile and they should naturally be quite soft. And either there's an anxiety that they have that someone like Melissa could address or, you know, you at home could address with the right help. Or there is a physical issue that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember that horse that I used draw reins on um who also you know got lunged in very tight side reins um you know his neck was just oh yeah it was a brick and like yeah and i think later on his owners figured out he was neurologic or something like that you know i think that he just had a really bad neck and probably he just needed help like right and he probably And which came first Yeah. No, and that's also very possible. You know, know, I think I, that's a very good point. You know, I think it's, I do agree with you. I think that a lot of horses with neck issues to begin with, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly common, just like people, you know, how many of us listening to this right now have had neck pain. Like I have neck pain (laughs) like every day. (laughs) Well, and it's because there's a bowling ball attached to a very delicate structure. And at least humans, have it vertically stacked, right, so that the load is kind of being... Horses are... Horses uh are out. So a huge amount of um, support for the neck relies on either the nuchal ligament um, or the musculature. And when um, it's forced into a certain position, those uh, structures are damaged, very quickly beyond mm-hmm. repair, in my opinion. You know, I can almost always, when I'm working on a horse, tell if they've been in a gadget. I can tell riding them. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Most of the time. I mean, yeah. I don't... If yeah. it's been used sparingly and maybe, yeah, maybe by not. someone who knows what they're doing, maybe right. not because it hasn't had the time to I can usually get on a issue. horse and say,
1: oh, this was trained in draw reins or this has been in draw reins a lot. Because yeah. you can feel it. Right. So, I mean, that alone says you can tell as a body... Professional, I, but, you know, I just messed yeah. up.
0: <laughs> no, you're good. Body professional. Body professional. You're the body
1: professional. <laughs> yeah, and then I can feel it as a trainer. It's like then already that's saying a lot Yeah. about what these um, devices do to the horse's musculature physically.
0: Yeah. And then there's the
1: whole mental side
0: yeah.
1: um, that goes along with it, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I want to just, like, zoom out a little bit and just quickly discuss, you know, I think most people um, listening to this are pretty familiar with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But I just want to, like, quickly touch on what everything is. Sure. So side reins are um, generally used when lunging, but some people actually do use them under saddle. I've seen that. Oh, you haven't seen that? I have not seen that. Are you serious? Oh, I'll tell you who is in our area who uses oh, them. <laughs> under it's saddle? It's a lot of people. Is it? <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, because well, no, it's because while riding. Okay. For their beginner I'm sorry. lessons. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. For their beginner lessons because their beginners can't hold the draw reins. Right.
1: The draw reins. You just went from <laughs> okay. Stop.
0: So well, they go from the draw <laughs> rein. Ra- they go to the side reins, and they go. And then to they go to the, to the draw the reins. So then they
1: never learn how to connect a horse. Okay. Just it's fine. <laughs>
0: So, side reins, so basically, typically, what they're supposed to be used for is on a surcingle when you're lunging a horse. And basically, they're a piece of leather. They may or may not have like an elastic donut donut or a piece of elastic. Um, And it clips from the surcingle, which is fixed on the horse's body and it clips to the horse's bit. And basically, it helps to um, like fix a horse in a certain position. Now, side reins don't have nearly, side reins have a more direct leverage. Mm -hmm. Um, like a almost like they're a little bit more like a snaffle, like they have like a more direct leverage on a horse's head and neck if they aren't overly tightened. They're supposed to simulate the rider's hands, right? right? They're supposed to be like more fixed. If they're elastic, they have a little bit of give. And you're supposed to not tighten them too much. They're just supposed to encourage your horse to have a lower head and neck carriage as they lunge and encourage them to lower their head and neck, put a little bit more weight on their hind end, engage their thoracic cling. That's the idea behind right. them. It, the, the thing is that that's very rarely what actually happens. Mm-hmm. Most people very overly tighten them, even when they don't think that they are. Right. Um, I actually have some interesting research on side reins because I do think that a lot of more skeptical equestrians, and I used to be this way, kind of look at like either you're an experienced equestrian who's been in the world and uses these gadgets or you're a horse advocate who has no idea what the real horse world is like. Right. I mean, I think that there are some people of that opinion. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of dissect like a little bit less biased um, information to kind of maybe – speak to that for people Mm -hmm. so the first piece of research i found and basically i scrubbed the internet for any research i could find on any gadgets when it comes to riding or lunging that tie horses heads and necks down and this is all the research i found that i'm going to present in this episode which is not a lot so the first one i found this is the only positive one um it concluded oh wait sorry i'm going to restart that so this one is on side reins This was a very interesting um, article that basically took a big survey of horse owners and tested their knowledge on side reins and asked them how they use side reins. So it was self-reported. So that within itself – Like it's great that they did this research, but that within itself is a little bit biased because it's not like they took a big group of horse owners and went and watched them lunge. This was like them, the horse owners filling out an online survey saying what they do and don't do, which I'm assuming is not nearly as honest as it could be. But even with that, there was some very interesting things that came out in this study. So this is, and we will link it in the show notes, evaluating horse owner expertise and professional use of auxiliary reins, which is side reins, during horse riding. And it's um, um, Hyderon-Gellin-L, um, and this is a 2021 study. During riding or during lunging? During lunging. Oh, during
1: horse riding? It said horse riding. It might be wrong. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we're assuming that it's, that's a little bit of a, um, language we're, barrier. <laughs> we're assuming that that's a little bit um, of language barrier, and so here's basically like the um, the end like results of the study. Um, Side reins are often criticized if they're used incorrectly, which can harm the horse by causing overwork accidents and injuries. Most participants of our study felt that they used the reins responsibly. However, to our mind, there is still a need for clarification and a lack of information among the horse owners regarding the pros and cons of using side reins, as well as the effects of the different reins used. Because basically, they presented the people with a panel of different kinds of like tie-downs that we'll, we'll discuss all of them in this podcast. Um, Half of the participants did not change their range during the entire training session. We can discuss a little bit why that's problematic. Some participants adjusted their horse too tightly and did not change anything despite their related breathing problems. My question is how they got people to admit that. That's wild to me. Further research is needed to explore strategies to educate horse owners slash trainers, improve their knowledge about riding aids, and by associate by association, improve equine well-being. And this is my favorite part of uh, this. This is a direct quote from the study. Educating horse owners, riders, and trainers by promoting scientific information and research results is essential to promoting equine well-being. Excellent. Excellent. We love that. Um, So that was super interesting. Oh, and another quote from this study. Um, regardless of qualification level, so that means trained or untrained, like trainers or amateurs, okay. unintentional neglect due to owner or rider ignorance and inflated confidence in their equine-related knowledge, which is the Dunning-Kruger effect, could result in people utilizing equine training aids inappropriately and unintentionally compromising their horse's welfare and performance. The goal must always to be to use side reins for only a short time in a problem-oriented way in the training and correction of horses in order to make these reins super. I love that. Mm -hmm. And this knowledge must become an integral part of riding training. So I really love that. I love that scientists sat and basically were like, how can we – advocate for the horses in a way that actually uses science not just basically being yeah. like stop doing it right and basically they There's found yeah even in a self-reported study that people were restricting their horses to the point that the horses couldn't breathe and they were willing to they just they're willing to admit that that's really crazy to that me. is crazy yeah i would love to hear i mean so this will be linked in the show notes for anyone who wants to read it and kind of dive into the research was, more what's the effect what was that name dunning kruger effect So, basically, the Dunning-Kruger effect is, like, a bell curve. Okay. So, in on one axis, it's how much you think you know. And the other axis (laughs) is what you actually know. Yeah. And basically, there's a bell curve where, like, you're at the highest point where you think you know a lot (laughs) and you don't. (laughs) So, but does anyone...
1: Like wow, because in horses, you should just always feel like you don't know anything.
0: No, <laughs> i no, but I think that they're they're uh, What I see, and I'm not trying to criticize like any one person here, because it's not like I don't think it's intentional on anyone's part. But I, what I see is people who are in the same barn for a very long time, and they think that that's the only thing in the horse world, right. and no, and they've they've never been questioned on why they do yes. the. Wait, the why they do the things they do. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, using side reins or... uh you know, certain system or reins <laughs> that might be just very standard in that barn mm-hmm. and the riders are like, oh, well, this is standard and oh, I've been with this trainer for five years and I'm super familiar with their program. Mm-hmm. And like maybe they're even starting to max out that trainer and they think that suddenly like, oh, well, I'm like getting close to that trainer's level of knowledge and expertise. Like I must be really well off, right. but it's actually a lot more likely that that trainer is underqualified right. or even – Maybe not underqualified, but maybe that's a trainer that is a stepping stone in your riding journey on the way to the next more educated person. Right. So, yeah, you know, I thought that that was interesting because, you know, the part in the study – and I don't know who these scientists are who made this. I don't know what they're basing, you know, kind of like side range should only be used in a very specific problem issue – like I can, I think I agree. I think most people listening to this should just not use side reins because mm-hmm. I actually think lunging is a very specific still ju- skill. Not even long lining, which is lunging like itself. very like long oh. lining is a whole nother thing oh that gosh. is extremely hard. Yes. But just lunging is a very specific skill. To be done correctly, absolutely. Yeah, that most people don't have. Most people
1: because it has to yeah. be balanced and. You have to be driving the parts in the right place and you have to be activating. You have to have the balance there. Like there's so much to simple lunging that people don't in And focus body on. language. Oh, like my gosh, I see the body people.
0: I see people either getting frustrated with their horse for going really slowly because they have totally passive body language and are looking away from their horse mm-hmm. and like not focusing, or I see people upset that their horse is behaving badly because they like took their horse out of a field, it's a cold day, they <laughs> clipped the lunge line on the horse. And they, like, shoot chase the horse. It off. They chase it off. And the horse goes bucking. They're like, blah, 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 And then right. they yank it. Yep. And like, it. And I'm like, what did you think was going <laughs> to happen? It should be a dance just like riding. Exactly. Riding, <laughs> it's lunging. It's a communication. Lunging is basically riding with, like, way less tools is how I think Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. I want – sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you're fine. <laughs> I want my
1: horses in a, just in a plain rope halter with nothing on them looking like they're in a pre-St. George test. Okay. If they're able to, yeah. you know, if they're at yeah. that level. Awesome. But my FEI horses should be round and using round themselves and soft. Yeah. and soft and all the muscles and not leaning on the rope.
0: Because right.
1: if they're leaning on the rope, they're not balancing.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So it should be like this really lovely self-carrying, <laughs> soft, balanced work. Right. And that takes time. I'm not saying like you're going to pull your... This is actually one of the tells Mm. that I do when I get uh, uh, horses that have some training, when I get them in. Yeah. The first thing, before I get on any horse, I groundwork them. But that's going to tell me a lot about where their self-carriage is. If they can't balance on a lunge circle, Mm -hmm. they're falling in, the head's going out, the
0: shoulder's falling in. That's... That's syndicated. I need a to know that one to me. I mean, oh like sure, that, of course, that is immediately to me the first thing I think is like there is. I mean, if a horse is that bad balance wise, and you have done like they've been in some level of exercise, I'm very worried about like a suspensory or something.
1: Like, so I'm going to tell you that that's 100 of the horses I get in. <laughs> I'm not kidding.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess that honestly, it takes raises, time to teach yeah. them
1: that the balance that they should yeah. have to carry that. Okay. Right. And I'm not saying that that's like every horse that comes in my barn is poorly trained. That's not what I'm saying at all, but they haven't been taught in that manner uh, on a lunge circle Mm -hmm. to hold their own balance and carry it. Right. What I can say is that a lot of it does transfer into uh, under saddle work as well.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I do see like sometimes horses coming from trainers who are almost like too like, too good is the wrong word because it's not a positive thing. But, like, they've helped the horse so much and they've gotten the horse so reliant on them. Yes. And, first of all, that isn't going to translate well to probably their amateur owner who's a little bit less skilled. And, second of all, you're not actually doing the horse any favors. By making them so reliant on you and your aids, right? Like you should be able to do your dressage test with like a, a very soft rein and yeah. very little aids. Like it should be light. It should feel easy it should and feel, feel light. It yeah. would be fine too. Like it shouldn't be work. <sighs> Especially if you have to ride eight a day or something. You know. Yeah. Like when,
1: <laughs> sometimes when I go try a bunch of horses, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was exhausting because I just had to like manhandle all these yeah. horses around a
0: ring, and I go, ugh. Yeah, it doesn't feel
1: good. It doesn't feel good. I want it to feel like just this really nice conversation, like we have. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want it to feel like when I'm riding is like these little tweaks, you know, and just little communications of my seat and like a little shift of my weight to make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, And so, and and the other thing is, if you're using, because this is the contraption episode. If you're using a lot of those things, you're never going to get that level of communication,
0: right? Because even you know, I've said some people. Some people have told me the reason why they use a certain aid like that is that the horse balances on them, and I'm like, that's not a good that's thing. Gonna, <laughs> so you think that's fixing it? <laughs> they like, because oh, oh, they're balancing on that thing, then, instead of you, instead of you. Okay, <laughs> well, that's not fixing
1: the balance, is it?
0: Right? <laughs> they do need to balance themselves eventually. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> So I wanted to touch on this article that was just, I mean, first of all, to me, very funny to read because <laughs> it was incredibly sassy. I love a sassy, <laughs> snarky moment um, when it comes to promoting equine welfare. Um, but also, I mean, this this man, Jean-Luc Cornel, he mm-hmm. it, the article is called "Reasons Why We Do Not Use Side Rains," and I will link it in the show notes. Everyone listening to this should absolutely go and read the entire article. I wish I could just read it start to finish in this podcast episode, but I just wanted to pull a few, um, a few different quotes, and you and I discuss. It. I sure. want to get your thoughts on them. So Melissa hasn't heard this yet so he starts out with article which is why we do not use side reins and he is a classical dressage rider whatever his body angle a chicken controls balance by maintaining his head and neck perfectly vertical hence stabilizing the horse head and neck with side reins is a chicken theory the horse instead controls balance moving his head and neck which so you know from my background as a biomechanics uh, having biomechanics knowledge it's so true you know horses their neck is essentially a pendulum that's attaching their tr- that's attaching their head which is incredibly heavy around 45 pounds to their trunk and so this neck is this giant pendulum that has to swing and oscillate to absorb the concussion of a huge amount of movement mm-hmm. And when you introduce a tie down or any sort of fixed object to that head and neck, that restricts movement and also hurts the very delicate structures of the neck. The next the next quote. Yeah, I, I love this ass. <laughs> the problem with all of these restrictive systems, side range, draw range, chambon, gauche, et etc., is that they theorize a reaction it omitting a fundamental fact. A horse does not work a muscle in balance. Reflex contraction or morphological flaw, for those of you who don't know what that means, that could also be translated into conformational flaw, but instead protects it. So basically what he's saying is a horse is not going to sit there and think, oh, my top line is weak. I need to exercise it. They're going to say, oh, my top line is weak. I do not want to do that. I don't want to exercise it. And they are just going to fight that fixed thing, like a draw rein, that much harder. So good.
1: 100%. That's a really good quote. I love that.
0: Next up it is understandable, this is this is the sass right here, and it gets even more sassy. It is understandable that marketing strategies theorize effects that may sell their products. It is the rider's duty to differentiate marketing strategy and reality. There are, for instance, 21 pairs of muscles that move the horse head. Hence, there are at least 21 reasons why the horse reaction might not be the one promised by the advertising. The horse can adapt to the restriction of the side reins, bending the neck, twisting the neck, lowering the trunk between the shoulder blades, bending or twisting the thoracic spine, arching the thoracic vertebrae, and so on. Side reins proponents will tell you that this is because the side reins are not properly adjusted. Truly, this is a preposterous form of denial. (laughs) Such denial was easy to defend when knowledge of the equine physiology was in its infancy. With today's knowledge, a much better analysis of the horse's reaction can be made. Here are the reasons why we do not use side reins so good. So good. So good. Do you want me to keep going? Do you have any thoughts to add? Uh, No, I just want you to keep going. You have to read the whole article. I mean, and just I really dove into this guy's website. And I was like, it's so fascinating. He also has books on Kindle that I I like downloaded and I'm going to read as well. Um, One can easily conceive that any system restricting or modifying the normal cycle of the head and neck movements is going to modify limb kinematics and the vertebral column mechanism. The horse's adaptation can be beneficial but also damaging. It is true that some good horses are capable of sustaining suspension cadence around neck and round back while working with side reins, but these horses are the exception and truly do not need side reins. Bob Hope joked one day, a bank is an institution that loans you money if you can prove you don't need it. The same can be said with side reins. If a horse can adapt to the restriction of the side reins and remain functional, the horse did not need side reins. That's really good and so true. That really made me think of you in the way that, like, you, like— make your horses so like self-collected like I can't and also I do think that a lot of people listening to this might say well like oh well when I lunge my horse they put their head straight up in the air and run around in a circle and I would rather attach a loose side rein to encourage them not to do that but if they're running around with their head straight up in a circle that is an indication of. You've got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> that to me, that like I'm actually like leaning more towards that's something that you would need to address right. emotional and partnership yeah, wise. So do you like, have any thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely. So I've gotten a lot of horses in that, and one was even uh, in Florida just this earlier this year, and he would just run on the lunge line, mm-hmm. and I had my long rope and the rope halter, and he would just throw his head straight up air and and kind of run, and he would almost you know. Oh, my gosh, he's going to, like, fall out behind. Whoa, dude. And I just said the other day, I think I have a video of that. Not, like, of the really bad day because I was trying to video it myself. (laughs) But I think I do have one when I had a camera on me that wasn't, like, really bad. But now we're not even, we're, what, seven months? And I also was without him for a month when we came up. And then he got sent up to me and he's came now, up from Wellington. Oh, from well, Wellington Melissa sorry. splits
0: her time in Wellington and Pennsylvania.
1: And now he's like round and through and walk track canners like he's a vaulting horse. That's awesome. On the rope halter in seven months, like six months maybe
0: of you, working on it. I don't know if this is possible, but can you give me a like taste of like what you worked on to get there? Yeah, so okay. I do um we're
1: going to do a course about it, too, because it's so Please helpful. Please And anybody can learn this. It's yeah. not like I've got some I, magical I, gift.
0: No, I've always <laughs> said, like, I would do a course on lunging because it's so needed. But, like, I don't feel qualified. Like, I don't feel like I'm the person to teach it. But I mm-hmm. do think that, like, way more people need to learn how to do It'd it It'd be better. really fun
1: if you talked about the body yeah. while I talked about the, the how-to. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that would be cool because I would love to – speak to lunging over poles, especially, you know, because I do think like I know a lot of people who use certain systems um, and do like lunging for back rehabilitation mm-hmm. because there is a lot of benefit to sure. getting the back up without the weight of a rider. Yes. Um, but I don't know if all of these systems are actually achieving that. So I would love to explore other options. Yes, because I
1: love to teach my horses to do Cavaletti's on the rope halter with nothing else.
0: And lifting their back. Yeah. There's just like... I can't imagine a better way to improve their oh, proprioception so and core strength. I literally can't imagine it's a better wonderful. thing for a horse with back pain. That does awesome. take a lot of
1: time. And it's not easy. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, this is going to take a week. But right. it's not supposed to. This is training. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing is I think that a lot of people don't want to spend time learning to lunge because right. it's not fun the way riding yes. is. But it's a very necessary skill. I'm so glad you just said that. It, it's not fun. Fun. Okay. That's the thing is I hated lunging. I can I tell you a secret? Yeah. <laughs> secret time. So I'm a pony club. I can't believe I'm gonna admit this. I love it. I have failed my HA, which is the highest level of pony club testing. I failed my HA lunging four times. <laughs> 'Cause I was bad at it and I hated it. I'm sitting here telling everyone you need to learn this though, but like how
1: vulnerable and honest and amazing of you
0: four times. That's gorgeous. I just, and the examiners at that point were like, we're just like they were like, oh, you're just going to keep coming here. And I was like, yes. yeah. No, but what what happened is for me to actually, because I think the thing is, is so, I, I was just like, it's freaking lunging. Like, I didn't, you know, my first HA, I was basically not prepared for. I just, Right. You're like, how hard can it be? <laughs> well, so, you know, the point of the HA is to test if you can run a barn, essentially. Right. And, at the time I took my first HA, I was running a barn very successfully, and I was like, Pfft, "Like The lunging is going to be so easy, whatever. <laughs> well, I lunge horses every day. <laughs> every day, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got failed. They, so, oh, sorry. So for those who aren't familiar with Pony Club, they test you on both your horse management um, skills, and then they also test you on your riding. And the HA is just a test of horse management. And so basically how they test for the lunging is they give you a catch like right of course you don't know a horse you don't know and you essentially have to lunge them to their level of training which is i think kind of bullshit to be (laughs) honest with you because how many horses lunge that well right like not a lot of them right and like you're essentially supposed to catch lunge a horse and make (laughs) them do whatever they know how to do on under saddle which i'm like there's and there's no that's guarantee. Hard. There's no guarantee that the owner or trainer <laughs> has, has properly trained the horse to lunge. the horse to lunge. So that is the test. So I didn't fail something easy. Like it was a hard test. Walk else? trot canter. It, so okay. So for example, what you typically get is a horse that's like first or second level trained because you're obviously not putting them over fences. So you have to do, um, you know, walk trot canter, medium trot, medium canter. Um, You have to do shoulder in? You have to do leg yields. Okay. I don't think they expect you to do, like, shoulder in or haunches in or anything. You know, obedient halts. Um, I, the first time, the one I failed, I had a very spoiled pony. And she just, like, had my number and was like, 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 Nope. And I was just like... And I looked at the examiners, and they looked at me, and they're like, "You're failed." And I was like, "That okay? Doesn't Thank you." Seem totally fair to me, but fair <laughs> enough. Like, you know, that's Pony Club baby, right? Um, and character building. <laughs> it's character building. Uh, and they were like, you know, it's, I will never forget this. They were like, you. That like all the examiners sat me down. They were like, "You're one of the most educated, lovely candidates we've ever met, and we have no doubt you'll do it. You'll pass it." Not today. And then I went to the next one, and I, fair. and I. <laughs> I failed it. And then guess what I did? I failed it two more times. (laughs) And then you passed passed it. And and then I passed it. The fifth time. And then I passed it. The fifth time was the charm. You know what? Maybe it was the fourth time, actually. I think it might have been the fourth time because the second time I failed it was actually at your barn before I met you. Back when I was like 20. Yeah. Oh my God. I lunched a Chestnut. I don't know if you remember him at all. Was he, in, was he, like, in my I bar? think he was yours. Probably. Yeah. Oh my he was one of yours. He was, he was naughty, but also I didn't know how to lunch. It experience. wasn't Jag? I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, my God. would that be funny if it was? Yeah, he was apparently competing, like, first or second level at the time. That would have been Jag then.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. How funny would that be? No, and
0: they failed me so fast when I lunched Yeah, because he was terrible at <laughs> lunch. Why didn't you give him to me? I, well, I wasn't part of it. They were real? just using my facility. Well, but I got a horse, but you just gave them that horse.
1: <laughs> what the hell? She just said, can we use a horse for barn management stuff? And I was like, sure, <laughs> he's great. I didn't tell you that you were no. going to lunch
0: him? Well, no, because that's the thing is he kept fucking taking off, and they were like, <laughs> they kept taking off. This is so funny. I was like, I was like, you like, no, you, like work around it? No, him. no, He's you were. Just to be clear, you were the, one of the villains in that story, to me, because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was twenty. I was retaking this. Listen, freaking we still test. don't
1: know if that's the truth. All right, I don't know. We're, we're speculating. This
0: test, like and this they were no no, 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 no. We were retaking the test, and the examiner was like, we like, no, this is the trainer said that this is." a good horse to lunge and you need to figure out lunging it and he like took off he bucked he like and I was just like
1: <laughs> okay well if they needed a lunging horse I would not have given them jag at that point so, so that could not have been so do you think just a right.
0: miscommunication or do you think it was a different horse because it was a big chestnut or like gelding there's no way it was jag if okay. they
1: asked for a lunging horse okay at that time okay now now jag is a great lunging horse but at the time I wouldn't have done that to anyone
0: okay so, <laughs> maybe it wasn't jag though. so maybe I don't it was know someone else Yeah.
1: Now I'm intrigued. Anyways,
0: um, so. Thank you for sharing (laughs) that really delicate. painful memory of yours every time I go to a pony club thing they're like um you know we have a bunch of kids and they're going to go do their ha like do you have any advice for them and I'm like don't do it please <laughs> a- <laughs> well and I'm like please actually study and they're like what and I what? was like and I was like I didn't study I thought I would pass I was wrong
1: <laughs> I was wrong and I was managing a barn and,
0: and I was managing a barn and I thought very highly of myself I thought it'd work out it. it did not work <laughs> and it did all out. It <laughs> out. four times <laughs> okay i think so three. what happened is so i failed entirely i went and entirely. retook because you can fail a part of the test. Failing is the best way to learn just mm-hmm. saying that is so true so i read so i failed the entire test and i wasn't allowed to just retake a part of it i went the back, whole thing again i had to do and this this is a three-day test <gasps> it sucks oh it my is God. All, really hard so i failed the entire thing Ouch. I went to, I decided to retake it. I drove to like North Carolina, I think, all by myself. Little baby Maya. See, but look, how,
1: to- like, look at the growing, the personal <laughs> growth that you achieved. How many achievements were unlocked during this horrible experience?
0: That's true. A That's lot. true. So I drive to North Carolina. I retake it. They fail me on the lunging again. <laughs> and I did a little bit again. How was that drive home? You know what? I was just happy to have the opportunity to retest. Honestly, see, there you go. I, like I didn't really care. I was like, I will keep showing I'm up for that retest. And that's I, one and of that's the things that's amazing it. about you. You're like, I'm not giving up. So I'll see you guys in. No, and I was super real with them. Like I was like, I will be back. I <laughs> love that. Though. Like and, I love that. Uh, and the examiners knew me, and they're like, we know. We know. <laughs> and they're we'll, like, we'll see you in a couple months. You. <laughs> and so we scheduled the retest at your barn, the lunging, um, and. I failed again. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, this might be the time that I get. I, I was, just give up. Because it was like cold and rainy and it was like January or something what like that. that. And I was, it was a while ago. I mean, it was at least, I think it was probably four, like, it was like five or six years ago. Okay. No, it was like five years ago. I was there. Yeah, it was about five years ago. Um, and like... And also the other thing that really irked me is the other girl who retested with me who originally failed passed. And I was just like... And she, and she passed, like, instantly. Like, they watched her, like, lunge the horse for, like, maybe 10 minutes and they just passed her. And... <laughs> they watched me and they watched the horse like take off bucking and be super bad and they were just like you're on your own kid and they failed me and I was just like that again? sucks and and it, like, and like I knew all of these people like you know everyone in pony right. club and they failed me and I'm like okay awesome 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 and I was like this isn't <laughs> happening again and so guess what I fucking did for an entire summer is so I found this pony club woman because I called around I harassed everyone that's right. what I do best I need a million horses to lunch. no literally like I just right now, was I'm like I lunched the crap out of my horse he was a horrible lunger when I had him I lunged the crap out of him he was the best lunging horse like for the rest of his life after that Lunged the crap out of him any horse in the barn anyone would let me lunge I would lunge and then I went on like a like journey like I went on a quest of finding someone a who quest. would like teach me to lunge because there wasn't like a national examiner like that's the people who test you in Pony club so if you can go ride if you can go take lessons from them that's like the way to pass these tests but I couldn't find one so I I called around i called everyone i was like i need someone to teach me how to do this so i can pass this freaking test and finally i find the person beth wickes she's like 45 oh, minutes I know her, away. Yeah. yeah beth wickes yeah miss wickes is what everyone calls her everyone she loves this, her she's as a, a teacher a, oh she's, she's great. very sweet yeah, yeah she's great and so i call her and i'm like i need help with this i need to pass this i failed it three times i'm gonna die if i fail this again and i'm and it's this summer is when i'm retaking it she's like okay come on you know, come to me. I have some, you know, lesson ponies that need to be lunched. I drove 45 minutes to her barn at least three times a week that entire summer and just lunged horses, lunged horses. She would watch me, she would critique me. I would lunge more horses, I lunched other horses. That entire stupid <laughs> I summer. <lunched>. Lana's, I <laughs> lunged, I <laughs> lunged. Is there any question? Why you're so successful? Like, this is your you're just like, Tell me I'm bad, and I'm gonna. And I am going wrong. to. Oh, yeah. and, and then we get to the testing. Okay, this has like taken a little bit of like a left turn, but I have to finish the story out. So finally, <laughs> the date is there. The summer is over. The testing is happening, and it is the lucky or- number and, four. No, and guess what? It was the original person testing me who originally failed me. Oh, Lori perfect. Chapman Bosco. <laughs> and I was just like, and she's really cool. Like it was not her fault that I failed the first time. I did not know how to lunge and so she's me she sees me and i see her and you're and like
1: dun, dun, dun. i
0: was like rematch baby on ages and guess what they do? They give me a young horse who like barely knew how to lunge. Oh, it's really they should have given
1: you like a. They should have given you a steady Eddie, perfect.
0: No, but I told I like looked Lori really in her eye and I was like, I will I got keep. This. I was like, I will keep coming back here until you. I like you get sick of me. I was like, I got all year. Like even <laughs> for their
1: own sake, why did they keep giving you difficult horses? Like I don't know. They knew so, you were going to
0: keep coming back. So they gave me. if I was like, I was like. I was like, I know you like to see me. Like, right. I was like, I know you like talking to me. But I was like, I can hang out with you. I can go get coffee. You can just give me the pass. <laughs> Just Let's just be done with that. So this. they give me this, like, like, young mare who wasn't very, um, like, trained to lunge. And I, she did, she pulled out tricks in her bag. She pulled out some really good evasions. And I had it, like, handled. It was perfect. I did such a good job with that mare. And they watched me do it. And Lori was like, that mare gave you, like, a really tough run. And you handled it extremely. Well, yes. and that was because like when you like get constantly put yourself in hard situations when it's time and the pressure is on and you're so used to a hard situation, you function under pressure That's right. and they passed me and she was like, and she was like, I'm impressed, man. Like you did the work and you came back. Love that. Yeah, but, lunch it, but lunching <laughs> is really hard. Yes, to Even do correctly. To do is. correctly. And that's like, so I took a pilgrimage to learn how to lunch. <laughs> I took, in <and> <laughs> pilgrimage. I went on a journey. <laughs> I love this. And I still don't consider myself that good at lunching. I'm going to be real with you. I don't consider myself a very good rider. I either. love this. <laughs> but... For those of you listening who are like, oh, like, I know how to lunge. You probably don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to lunge that well either. Anyways, but that's the Dunning-Kruger effect, too, though, is like, you you know, like. You People can, are like, oh, how hard can it be? Like- how hard can it be? Which is honestly my entire life is saying how hard can right, it right. be. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then finding out brutally that it is really hard. Finding out it's really hard and then having to be like. Well, I said I was gonna do it. So.
1: That was like little me. Like, I mean, how hard can being uh, an Olympic equestrian be? Like, it's not that hard. Huh?
0: <laughs> okay,
1: fast forward. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah,
0: it's way harder. What's that line from whatever
1: show, like, what? Like, it's hard. Like it's, it's hard. hard. Oh yeah, like it's hard.
0: Like it's hard. I mean. I would. Like it's hard. <laughs> okay, so to, to get back to, <laughs> uh,
1: I'm just glad it was you and not me this time that went on the tangent. <laughs>
0: You both do this. So it's great. Like, I know. It's funny though, that's right? why I said this time. <laughs> like <laughs> that's why I said this time. We're gonna stop
1: We're just gonna be here for eight hours. As usual. It's gonna be fun the whole time.
0: Like no
1: complaints
0: I'll get I'll get back on subject. All right, so there are a lot more really good quotes of this. I'm gonna continue reading, um, and feel free to just like stop me. Due to the more lateral attachment of the proximity of the skull, so this is sorry, this is back to the um, reasons why we do not use side range Jean Luc Cornell. I'm reading a quote from him. Due to their more lateral attachment of the proximity of the skull, the splenius muscles are effective for lateral bending. That means they bend the neck and the neck and head left to right. Mm-hmm. 59% of the muscle's fibers are slow oxidative fires, which implies that postural support is a large part of the splenius's function. So postural support, that would look like basically holding the head and neck up. These two peculiarities explain that quite often horses strongly developed one side of the splenius as an adaptation to the side reins. So that's a, that's looking at like an overly developed horse yes. in the upper portion of their yes. neck. And me and Melissa can take pictures of that and mm-hmm. point that out um, on social media so you guys can see that. A horse dealing with a natural imbalance between left and right splenius will likely react to the side reins, aggravating the already existing muscular imbalance. The same protective reflex mechanism can, of course, involve one or both semispinalis capitis, Creating torsion of the neck. So I love that from like my perspective. It just really goes to show, and he just outlines it in a really nice way, exactly how like side reins can aggravate a muscular imbalance. Do you have a dressage whip here? <sighs> Am I might actually in that. I think I have I a can, lunge whip. Um, I can actually demonstrate it. Okay. Using a
1: whip. Do you want me to grab it? So if you would like to have a a really nice top line in your horse from the wither all the way to the ear. Now, of course, top line goes back to the tail, but this demonstration is um, just for this part. You would have an arc similar to this, where all the muscles are in proper balance of the neck. Right? If it is not, and that can come from um, improper connection or uh, side reins, you will get an effect that is more like this. So there's a dip in front of the wither, and there's an overdevelopment of the splenius muscle right there. Yeah. And so this is a just a good visual demonstration for how you when you're looking at your horse in photos or you know, and I want to see this when I look at conformational photos of my horses as well, where the muscles are and where are they soft standing there, um, or do we have some of this going on? And you're not going to have soft muscles if you've got this development do you agree with that
0: yeah i agree
1: and so this yeah so it's like it's cool right
0: yeah no i really like that that's that. a great visual tool that is, that's very good. yeah that's excellent um so and now here is where we get into you know because i think so far we've really discussed like all these mechanisms are Bad for the horse, physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. But I think what a lot of people might not realize is how bad they are in like, and just like a waste of time they are in a way training-wise. You know, it might feel like, especially side reins are like a shortcut and they make your life easier. Um, But this next quote from Jean Luc Cornille goes into why actually um, they're not an effective training aid. At the lunge, one can change the cadence. Or the size of the circle, but guiding the horse's brain towards the most appropriate body coordination demands a conversation that only riding the horse or working in hand the way we profess at the science of motion can achieve. Yes. The horse's first reaction is, actual, is always protecting his actual body state. If the horse... Errors are analyzed intelligently, the horse errors informed the rider of the horse's actual body state, and the horse and the rider can judge and provide appropriated insights. So, for example, if a horse is hollow to the right and you can feel that under saddle, it's very easy to feel that under saddle. It's very easy to apply the outside aid and to ask them to round through their back again. If at If at the contrary, the horse's errors are judges in respect of the side reins theoretical effects, the horse will only figure a compromise protecting his fundamental muscle imbalance, morphological flaw, memory or other issue. There's a superficial way to look at it and at this level, the side reins can please one. Once the athletic performance is analyzed for what it truly is, an athletic performance The side reins are not preparing the horse's physique for the effort. So basically what that means to me, like, you know, not only is like, not only are like a lot of these aids that we're using on the lunge, like actually hurting them. Mm -hmm. It's not addressing the issues that we can much more easily address riding or in hand. It's not an
1: effective use of your time with your horse. You know, people think of it, like you said, as a shortcut Oh, um, it's going to get me to point B, but it's really, it's really not.
0: Yeah. Like you hear people say like, oh, well, I'm going to attach the side reins and lunge them so they can fight the side reins.
1: Right. Yeah. You heard that. Yeah. I've heard that a yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'd rather them fight that. Than me. Than me. But then they're just sitting there getting stronger because they're fighting it harder. And they're developing and they're developing an underneck. Yeah. And if there's an imbalance, they're aggravating the imbalance. Whereas, they're also creating
1: a lot of T M J issues and you know. The T M J issues whole... are
0: crazy. If you've if you have a horse that has been very aggressively used in side reins or draw reins or anything that fixes guaranteed them. Guaranteed they have it. They are most guaranteed they have TMJ pain. So please check out the TMJ Masterclass, Shameless Plug, <laughs> in, which I, in which I teach you how to massage and your horses most, TMJ. And most even just a
1: lot of competitive horses, even that aren't being used in, in sort of devices or contraptions extra to the saddle right. and bridle, they still have TMJ
0: You know, tightness. Tightness, yeah. I think, well, you know, the masseter muscle, which is um, the muscle of mastication, which is chewing, um, that is in the horse's jaw is the most used muscle because horses are grazers. They chew all day. day. So then we also ask them to be soft and accepting of the bit when the muscle that were – one of the muscles we're asking in relation to that – works all day and if any little imbalance from dental or mm-hmm. a history of something else or even anxiety um becomes present it's extremely hard to overcome that just through riding alone i think with what you do with anxiety and allowing horses to relax definitely can help but i do think that there's such a like physical block in the yes, a lot of times and you know what i
1: do with each horse before the bridle goes on stretch also yeah, yeah which stretch. is so
0: cool we should definitely do a video on yeah, you showing that, that. Yeah, and really they learn awesome. they learn it
1: from each other they learn it easily from us and we know that it feels good to them and they enjoy doing it so of course we want to encourage that and it just makes them that much more relaxed going into their work and what a better way to start your work day
0: awesome awesome <laughs> that'll be a teaser we'll have to we'll have cool. to do that so you all stay tuned so the last um, the last sassy quote from this article that I just, I wanted to throw in because I thought it was so funny. However, one should not throw the side reins away. They work very well as a leash for the dog.
1: Oh, oh that's funny. funny. <laughs> that is great. Oh, I love that line.
0: Perfect. Which I think is really like just true of most of these um, aids. Yeah. But so you know, I think that we've spent a lot of time being really negative against a lot of training aids and side reins. Um, but I would like to discuss truthful, truthful, <laughs> truthful negativity, truthful negativity. Um, but I want to discuss the things that we actually like to use, Super. Um, and I have research on that as well. You know, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. Gadgets we do buck with. All right. Um, Equiband systems. Yes. Um, And there are similar other systems. So, Equiband systems are basically a resistance band Mm -hmm. that you attach. Um, The Equiband system is cool because – and I haven't used it. I think I've maybe used it once as a disclaimer. But basically what it is is they send you a saddle pad, and the saddle pad has giant clips. And the clips um, attach to – other giant clips that are attached to a – giant resistance band essentially and then you go to either lunge or ride your horse in it Mm -hmm. Um, and essentially the theory is that it's making your horse uh, work a little bit harder in their hind end Um, but what they're also noticing is that it's getting the horse to lift under themselves and engage their core and strengthening their back a bit all right Um, okay so the equiband system yes so what i like about the equiband system from a body worker's perspective is I kind of doubt it's doing any harm, yeah. basically. And, like, that's, like, you know, my first guide is, like, do no harm. So even I'm a lot more willing to experiment with modalities and gadgets that are pretty unlikely to do any harm to a horse. And I feel like the Equiband system is relatively safe because you know, essentially it's attaching a saddle pad and then there's a resistance band. And I kind of think at worst, it's probably going to be a little bit too loosely attached or it's not going to quite work the way it's supposed Mm -hmm. to. Um, And to me, the Band system, uh, I like always wonder with them, like kind of my feeling with them is probably it works on some horses and doesn't work on others essentially. You know, like if a horse is really sensitive – Um, maybe they will be from the feeling of it and from the resistance, maybe they will be really encouraged to like reach under themselves essentially. Mm -hmm. And some of the resistance, um, pushing out behind, because what I like to think about is like how something would feel on me if I was a horse, which I know you do too. So the echo band system, what makes sense in my mind, and I feel like maybe the, uh, people who own EquiBand could explain it better. But what makes sense in my mind is how it works is basically like, so it's attached to like, you know, if I was a horse, it'd be kind of attached from like the back of my glutes mm-hmm. to my back. And so it's encouraging me to reach under myself more, but then it's also a lot harder for me to push back. So then it's strengthening my glutes yes. and my hamstrings, Right. Um, which are both areas that horses already have a huge amount of tension. So... It is definitely something that I would use with caution on horses that are already pretense. And I mean, for example, I have used it once. I used it on my very sensitive thoroughbred and he like lost his mind basically. <laughs> yes, be careful. So just be careful, right? Like I definitely wouldn't use it for the first time. Um, and just get riding. On. And get on. <laughs> and I have seen people attach it and then like take a not very fit horse for like a trot on the hills. Very careful with that. That is a little bit scary to me because that just seems like, oh my god, that's a lot of work. Like I think of equivans I would kind of group it in with like pull work, like exercise yes. and use with extreme caution, build up very slowly, hundred but there are two different, very interesting articles with different results on Equibands. I was going to say,
1: I would be interested in hearing this because I, I don't think there's anything that Equiband does that I don't um, achieve with training.
0: Right. And I, I think that a lot better results could be achieved just with pole work and hill work personally, right. because they just have such a more dynamic question for the body to what achieve
1: have been helpful with for some of my students that i'm not on those horses or i'm not on them very much is it is a bit of a bridge to help a student that is not able to engage the core of the horse or lower the croup okay to get help in those areas right um which can benefit also me when i when i am able to do right. the training rides or when they can afford it or whatever um, but that
0: makes sense because riding is such a feel thing. You know if you haven't, for example, I remember the first time my horse actually picked his back up and I was Whoa. like, and I was like, have I never ridden a horse through? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what just happened?
0: And I was like, that felt really good.
1: <laughs> and if you don't know.
0: And if you don't know, you don't know. You don't right? know. Like, I had no idea my horse was never through until that one moment yeah. when I had already competed at fourth level and my horse actually was through for like 30 seconds. Isn't and I was amazing? like, And I was like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> how did I get all
1: this way? And I never actually had my horses back up. That right. is a huge point, which is a, right. a podcast in and of itself.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's really hard. I mean, I'd love to have like a, another podcast with you about the trick training of right. various disciplines. Um, but so here are the two different studies because, because you know I love like a cynical moment. Right. You, know, you know, I am, I, I mean, my parents are both scientists and they are very <laughs> suspicious of like literally anything. Right. Um, and so I am also suspicious of literally anything. And so I love to look at the research. But so this first Equiband system, Research study um, basically came back with the results um, and the conclusion that preliminary results suggest that the equiband system made, may aid dynamic stabilization of the vertebral column. Um, and basically, it showed that back displacement and range of motion values were significantly greater on the lunge. Um, than in a straight line compared to the placebo group, I believe. And greater movement symmetry was consistent with having corrected all horses to be left-sided. So it looked like overall that there was um, increased uh, range of motion and decreased, like, excessive uh torque of the spine interesting but to me from looking at this like basically synopsis of the research study I don't it's not like the full study that I found it looks like the difference was pretty low okay between the test group and the placebo the because you can convince
1: group. me that like that stability
0: yeah, like kind of provides right because I was I, I was picturing myself using like, yeah. it and I was like, actually, I almost feel like that might feel good and feel stable to my back if I was a horse and I had a huge right. back that was swinging. So maybe horses that have like, for example, just what's popping into my head right now and you would have a much better idea than I do. The very hypermobile young dressage yes. horses we're seeing. Maybe this is a good option for. But we have another piece of um, the opposing view. We have – yeah, we have another piece of the opposing view. Um, And so this was – oh, but so here's the interesting thing about the study I just referenced that basically said it makes it stable. I looked at the source of funding Mm -hmm. and the contributing authors um, are – the developers of the Equiband oh, system. no. So there is a conflict of interest. Like, Absolutely. I mean, there is, like, the contract. That may, the main <laughs> conflict of interest. <laughs> so I was, and then it, it was so funny because the source of funding, um, competing interests, like the two main authors, developed like, the Equiband system. The remaining authors have no competing interests. Okay, that's great. <laughs>
1: great, great. But the <laughs> okay. two main ones. I mean, <laughs> and it's something I wish I invented, honestly, because I used to do this with polo reps.
0: Well, yeah, anyone can do it right? with polo reps. We used to do it with polos like, when
1: I was in yeah.
0: College or literally just resistance bands, right. like resistance bands, you which buy like didn't a store. Okay, which yeah. back then like didn't exist. No, okay. not really. Yeah, no, no. no but I've we'll used pol- I've used polar wraps before, yeah. um, and it does the same thing. Like it, it does not do quite the same thing because it's not a because it doesn't have that strength flexibility. and flexibility. Yeah. But it does a little bit encourage them to, them come, to come under, their which own. is which is great. You know, if you're lunging them and you don't want to use a certain like leverage and pulley system. Um, okay, so then this next one looks like it has no so okay conflict of interest statement authors declare this research was conducted in the absence of any commercial or financial relationships so no conflict of interest and basically it found um the peak activation um so they basically looked at horses with And the activation in their back and their multifitis muscle, which is arguably the most important muscle of the back, um, they looked at with a resistance band, without a resistance band, over poles, and then with both the resistance band and the poles. Okay. um, Which I think is cool. Yeah. So um, basically the uh, conclusion was that um, there was no significant significant difference between – using the device or not using the device. Um, It seems like implementing ground pulls is the most effective strategy to increase the activation of the multifidus muscle. Um, And it also says caution should be taken when incorporating the use of of resistance band training device as muscle work and peak activation were significantly reduced in most locations. Hmm. Further studies should be performed in regards to the training devices to determine its effects on a paxel musculature. So that's interesting. And I'm actually wondering if they're a little bit using it as support. But the hard thing about all of this is like, for example, we don't know how tight those resistance bands are. We don't know if they were actually testing the Equiband system or if they were just using their own contraption of resistance bands. You know, all the time, like I always like to give the research, the benefit of the doubt on both Mm -hmm. sides. Like, I do think that's really interesting that it found that pole work was high and above Equiband system. So I think you and I both go back to the fact that pole work is probably going to achieve what you want a lot more easily. But maybe, for example, if your horse has anxiety about poles, maybe Equibands lend lend another option. And it doesn't look like it's probably going to do anything bad, even though this study did say it did – lower activation, which is very odd. That is interesting. I don't know how. Like, I don't know how that would happen or why. Right, unless they're using it to, like... Yeah, like, maybe they don't like it, so they were they're just moving like, less. Like, maybe there was something about the resistance Or maybe bands. they're pushing against it in some way that... Yeah, that was, like, my curiosity with, like, you know, were they overextending the gluteal muscles and, like, pushing against pushing it hard it. and then hollowing their back? That was my question. That That's the only way I could think that the Equiband would do damage. Because, like, if, if we use
1: a resistance band, right. we know what we're doing. We're doing it on purpose. We are going to target certain things. Like, right. it's all cognizant
0: right
1: when you put it on a horse they're not like oh i'm getting a really great workout with these resistance bands so they might be
0: and it goes back to what jean-luc Cornille said is that the horse can't think that they need to strengthen a weak structure right they're just going to pr- try they're to just protect protecting it. themselves that's yeah. all they do and so that what goes back to like adding a stress of the um equiband system that there's any way for there to for them to like evade in a way that they can't possibly evade pull work because of its nature, maybe on a especially weak or uncomfortable horse, it actually will do damage. Right. But I don't know. And it probably, Equiband is one of those things that the right person who understands them and understands how to use them and understands their horse. They benefit. They could be really beneficial, but the wrong person, they could not be beneficial. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Have you ever used Equiband? I have. And have you, and oh, right, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I've, yeah, I've used it on
1: a few. And, like I, like, I was just cautioning people, which you already said, be very careful. As as a human that does resistance band work, I can tell you how much harder <laughs> you <laughs> so work. It's so much harder. So if you're putting them on your horse, be very mindful of that. Because not everybody realizes, you know, they're like, oh, how hard could it be? It's just an elastic band. Well, let me yeah. tell you. If you do resistance band workouts, you know. But if you don't. You you may not know that, and so don't go right into a full workout with your horse. Start at the walk, right? um, And like you also said, not under saddle, (laughs) right? You could be asking for something you didn't.
0: (laughs) You (laughs) You could die. (laughs) You could die. Fine, choose life. (laughs) All right. So um, I actually wanted to blow through a few more. artificial aids that we haven't totally touched on, mm-hmm. but I want to kind of do it quickly because we have kind of gotten into the weeds okay. a little bit as I love to do with you um, of uh, side reins and the pros and cons of them. So I came up with a little game okay. and it's called name that gadget. <laughs> and I'm going to read a little slip. It's, I'm going to pull out this bowl. It's going to be a little slip of paper. I'm going to, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to describe to you the negative effects that it has. Ooh. Or and the positive, okay. or the positive effects that it has, and you have to guess the gadget. Okay, guess that gadget. Guess okay, that gadget. And some of them are good, and some of them are bad, and a lot of them we've talked about. But some of them we haven't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, this is a naughty one. This is bad. So this attaches something to the horse's bit and then attaches it to their body and fixes it. Um, and it's most commonly used. Um, it's most commonly used lunging with like a nylon rope that and stretcher tie down which All i think is down. the same thing same thing, thing. Yeah, yeah same thing and so what we don't like about that is how it stresses out the neck more than anything yes
1: and it uh, the way the horse swings in the shoulder it's then pulling on each side of the bit as the horse goes, right? Because when the right leg goes back, it pulls on the right side of the bit. Right, And when the left leg goes back, it pulls on the left side. So you're literally taking that horse. And then they either, there are other systems that do the same thing, which we will, I'm sure, get to. (laughs) Um, But the horse has to learn to kind of hang back off of that so that it doesn't get pulled left, right, every stride.
0: That's so interesting because basically they're being punished for everything you want them to do. Reaching to the bit. To reach to the bit and to have nice free shoulders. Absolutely. All right, next one. Ooh, um, this is something that you like, Um, but it's something that some some people don't like. I think it can be misused in the wrong hands. Um, You use it on the ground a lot, and it doesn't have any negative effects to a horse when used with the right hands. The rope
1: halter. It is. (laughs) My
0: favorite thing. So why do you like it? Um, I love it because...
1: I can have really good communication with the horse's head Mm -hmm. and neck, really. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can, lunging with it, I can put them in the right body position that ultimately my goal is that they are soft on the rope. Okay. That there's no pressure. Okay. And they're soft in every muscle of their body. Okay. Um,
0: And do you like it as a tool instead of a chain?
1: A hundred percent. So okay. that's like a whole nother episode, right? Handling, <laughs> I will not use, I don't have a chain. Okay. I don't own that's a chain. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Because a lot of people always use a chain. Absolutely. And I grew up that way. Yeah. So I'm not knocking, yeah.
1: you know, that,
0: yeah. that, that, that is a thing. That, that's that a thing. But yeah. now I, but I just educated yeah.
1: myself okay. um, and, and spent years because I always had a chain as like a backup yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Just in case.
0: Just well, you know, in, in certain case. situations, maybe it's a safety issue. Uh, yeah, you know, stallions we've had,
1: they, yeah, they're trained to the chain, and and that's yeah. and that is what it is, you know. Right. And I and I and I boldly was like, no, I don't need it, and then almost lost a
0: stallion. Oh no! And then I was like,
1: you know what? I, on second thought, um, go get me that. Go get me that. <laughs> <chain."> <laughs> okay, but I have first. gotten to that point in my relationship with a rope halter that I'm like. I don't oh, yeah. need anything else, you know, um, <laughs> and, I, and I love it. But one thing I do like about lunging with the rope halter over, uh, say, a lunge line connected to a bit right. is that when a lunge line is connected to a bit, it will always cause some kind of Jock pressure. in Yes, the yeah. you know, and then that and also will really create long. tension down the inside of the horse's neck and then into yeah. the shoulder. And, totally right. Um, so I don't really like to lunge with anything connected. To the bit. To the bit.
0: I like that. and But what I have noticed is that a rope halter isn't your standard in your barn. It's not that every horse just no. like, lives in a rope halter. It's something you use as a training tool. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. And that's nice because there's nothing tying the horse or fixing them to anything. No. So that gets a clean pass from me as well.
1: Yay. <laughs> this is a great game.
0: Ooh, okay. So this is one that it seems like it's not a it's not a naughty one. It's pretty neutral. Okay. It and seems neutral. like it seems like it doesn't do anything bad. It doesn't we don't know if it actually is doing anything very good either. I now we're going idea. to up the ante. So I am going to give you two clues oh, geez. and you have to guess. Okay. okay. First clue, neutral. It's a neutral training aid. Okay. Second clue, it is supposed to work on the muscles.
1: (laughs) Neutral, is it for lunging or riding? Am I allowed to ask questions? It can be used in
0: either. This is, we prefer poles to this. Oh, okay. And it is not tying the horse's head and neck down, which I like, and it Probably is not doing a damage to a horse. Excellent. Okay, so that's the equiban then. That it is. All right. Do you want to test me three times? Yes, let's do it. hope I give good clues. What
1: is this? Oh, okay. This one you do buck with.
0: Running Martingale. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. So it. me and Melissa have, like... Slightly different opinion. So, I mean, my background is in eventing, and I grew up using a extremely loose running martingale. So loose, I don't actually think it did anything. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe there's the issue, right? Right, because like, if it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't hurting anything. Right. So, so I will say my coach put it on my horse because he literally, like, inverted his entire head, and he took off with me cross country. Sure. It was kind of dangerous. Um And basically having a little bit of contact with that running martingale allowed him—basically made it so that he couldn't totally invert his head and avoid the bit. And Mm -hmm. I was better able to keep a contact with the bit, which was a very soft snaffle or like a pellum. And I— basically help me be safer across country Absolutely. Do you think, because I don't use them anymore, I don't event, I just do dressage. Do you think that there's a place for them? Why don't you like them?
1: I think in that context, the way you described it, then, yeah. Okay. Then it would be okay. But it's one of those things. That's a real slippery slope. Real fast. It is
0: a slippery slope. And and like you said, if you're using it
1: that lightly.
0: It probably wasn't doing anything. So so if you're going to use
1: it to be as it's meant and super effective, then it does create in my opinion, too right. much leverage.
0: So do you think also, too, it can potentially be dangerous with horses using it to balance their head and neck Absolutely. over the jumps? They're okay. not using their hind end. Okay.
1: Um, and, and I'm not saying that yeah. this is like 100%. I'm a, I'm no, a dressage rider right. with eventing background and show jumping, right. and I've used running martingales. Right. But knowing what I know now, I would say there's too much balance and tension going on up front that's taking the focus off of what should be going on
0: behind but it can be a great safety it could be a safety tool tool. i do agree with you though i mean really thinking about how they work it's actually a little bit scary to think about any horse going over a big fence and eventing with any sort of balance throwing their head and neck off because that's what they use to balance balance themselves yes especially because cross country it's so easy for the for the rider to accidentally like knock the reins and you know hit the horse in the mouth absolutely Um, so you know i think the program i was in i kind of think the baseline was that every horse went in a running um so i mean maybe this just raises the question of why are you using it and it may it might not be for the right and like i think
1: uh, and i'm sure there's a lot of people that advocate for them that would be you know sort of attack us right now
0: yeah but i think if they take a step back and really
1: look at at the why and if all your horses go in it You know, why is that necessary and and do you really, have you even thought about
0: it? You know, because like we talked about about earlier, sometimes programs just have tools and they don't think about it because they, they haven't think had it. to in a while, right. which is, you know, I understand. And like, it's not, like, I would love to hear, you know... Yeah, I would, like, you know, the caveat to us talking about this is you and I are dressage riders. Right. We both have eventing backgrounds, mm-hmm. but we're not five-star And I was not riders. a professional eventer, right? No, I was never a professional either, so you know, I would love to hear from, if you're an eventer, whoever listening to this who disagrees, I would love to get your thoughts on it, right. you know? absolutely. Um, but, okay, so that's kind of like a maybe good, maybe, maybe bad, but like <laughs> (laughs) Not we're not being super judgmental about that exactly
1: totally oh okay so you're gonna get this one really (laughs) this is a we definitely don't buck with draw
0: reins oh goj yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) just rapid fire okay
0: I'm very competitive Melissa go (laughs) so goj we don't like that um I have never used a goj I think I've maybe seen it once in passing I'm not trying to be like discriminatory here i've really only ever heard of show jumpers using this one i'm i'm sure that they're present in other disciplines that's pretty fair yeah i mean and i'm not like i'm not saying like oh show jumpers right, bad, right. but like i've just it's not something I it's common in with. in that discipline right because my background is eventing and dressage right. you know i just don't i'm not, not super as familiar with the those. gauche but from what i've seen the amount of leverage that it places on a horses pole should like just seems criminal to me as someone who's never been in the position of using it. Um, it just, just seems like it's asking for a horse to be to have a huge amount of pain in their pole and pull through their neck.
1: Like I'm willing to talk to eventors about give me the, the other yeah, side g- of the running yeah. martingale with right. these. Absolutely not. There, there's just no for me, nobody can argue with me that no. this is a that there's any positive right. that comes from using these other than you're skipping a lot of steps and you're tying the horse down. Right. And so people will say, well oh, you can get there so much faster. At what cost?
0: At what cost? And what I, what my kind of my read on the show jumpers um, is, like I think a lot of them have these really incredible, powerful um, horses to get over the big fences, but then they don't have them broke enough to go on the flat properly. Yes. So then they use these goges as a um, like quick fix to basically get the horse's head down and get through like a flat ride essentially, get and through. <laughs> get the through a flat right, ride, that's- right? Um, But, you know, a show jumper who I really love, who's a dear friend of mine, she's, like, one of the better dressage riders I know. And she does everything in a jump saddle. And, like, I watch her ride and I'm like, oh, my God, you're such a good dressage rider. That's so cool. And she does incredibly well. And you know what? Her horses stay unreasonably sound. I mean, oh, what do we know about balance, right? right you have know, exactly. keep your horse sounder. She does an incredible job with them. I
1: had two show jumping instructors, and and it's funny they're the two that I had right before I ended up in dressage full okay. time. Um, but they and I didn't want to do it, but they yeah. focused a lot on dressage, and I was like, yeah. "Ugh, this is terrible! <laughs> I don't think it's so boring." Right. Um, which is really funny that I ended up doing what I do, but um, they were both. They instilled that in me, that that foundation has to be there. And one of them was not the best flat rider, but the effort that she put into teaching the horse's shoulder and, and teaching the horse's leg guilds and like, were they perfect? Could you go in a dressage arena and do that? No, but she really had the right idea of having that foundation. And I now have, I had no show jumping students for years and years and years. Yeah. And now I have a whole barn in New Jersey it's really and special. Like
0: it kind of shows how the times are changing yeah. as we all continue to have these conversations. And you know, I think a lot of the top show jumpers are getting an edge yes. by doing. Busy really Madden has one on staff. Yeah, a uh, dressage, a dressage rider. rider That's yeah. really cool. That's and really. Special. She's amazing.
1: Yes, and. Um, and she's a lovely rider. And so. so my students, I have Tuesdays with my show jumpers in Florida, okay. and it's so great. They're awesome, but they'll come in and they're like, "You're gonna make us walk. I know it." <laughs> and so it became this joke then every Tuesday, like, oh, I've been doing my walking all week, you know, because in their flat rides, they'll just come in and they'll pick up the canner or they'll pick up the trot and like off they go and they don't work in the walk.
2: Right.
1: And they saw it as torture, but they didn't have the exercises. Like they didn't know what to do basically in their flat work. I think a lot of my eventers and my show jumpers, they just didn't know
0: they don't have a plan. I think eventers and show jumpers, us dressage riders, can learn from how well they take action. I yes. think what they could learn from us as dressage riders is the theory behind the action that we take. Right.
1: And then they, they all like grow to actually like that work. Yeah. Because it is fun. It is like, fun it, if you it, have a plan and right. you have someone like showing you how to get those results out of your horse. But I know as my myself, as an, an eventer and a show jumper. It didn't feel good when I rode on the flat because I didn't know what I needed. Mm. And I didn't know how to get those results out of my horse. So I just wanted to get it done Mm -hmm. and like go do the jumps. Mm -hmm. But, and so I think with with my eventers and my show jumpers, because I have that background of like, ew, Mm -hmm. I'm able to make it more fun for them and give them these exercises where they feel the results happening as they're riding. And that makes it, the draw of dressage, right? It makes you then go, "Oh, I want to, I want to do that again. I want to do that better. I want to go back to that." And so then it actually changes their mindset about the flat work. And I think that's probably the biggest roadblock yeah. for eventers and show jumpers is is making dressage just, fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah, and I think it's, I, I always say like, eventers and show jumpers should go to dressage riders for dressage lessons, not yeah. each other, because that's the only way that those sports are going to continue to improve in I their work. Yeah. I mean, some eventers have actually really, really good dressage backgrounds. Um, but, you know, I think. I just – I always, like, kind of scratch my head when I see, like, a top eventer taking a flat lesson from another top eventer because, like, that top eventer, the highest they've ever done dressage, if they haven't done straight dressage – Right. Sure. Is – Is, like, around third. Is around third. And it's, like, you know, you can throw a rock and hit a better – like more educated dressage rider right. than that. In this area, sure. it's not always available. It's not always the case. But yeah. you know, you can get such a deeper level of understanding of the flat work if you go to a dressage instructor. Absolutely. If you are a jumper. I think so. Yeah, I think I agree so. with that. Yeah.
1: And they don't ask me to jump the things and then we're good. <laughs> we're
0: good. <laughs> All right. I got another one. Let's see. So I'm two for two right now. Yes. Are you feeling intimidated? No. I also did make the cards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? well we're this, game, this a- game is totally rigged I'm sorry I shouldn't produce this more I'm not doing my job so thank you for your honesty game? Maya that this has been the rigged version of
0: hashtag fake fake news
1: since this is fake I'm gonna pick okay. we already talked about
0: something well in hand Longlining.
1: yeah. Okay,
0: well, at least at least you gave you you thought about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, i I think that one of the maybe the next pilgrimage I want to take mm-hmm. is harassing either Richard or Claudio and learning how to long line. Yes, Are we just right, giving sure. up on that. Okay. Yeah um and for those of you who don't know those are two people who are very well respected in the dressage community for their ability to long line yeah certainly in our um, area in Florida. right i think it's very fascinating um the people who long line really well um because there is such an art to like basically being able to apply those aids without the weight of a rider and encouraging the horse to lift their back mm-hmm. um in a way that a lot of us don't know how to do but is there an actual benefit? Is my question to you? I think you. I don't know the answer. Okay. Is there an actual benefit <laughs> so to long lining versus doing like classical dressage, like in handwork?
1: I think for 00001 percent of people, that long line there is. Okay. I think there are very few people. Okay. That are that educated. That can make it look brilliant. Okay. Bo Bojan is another one for me.
2: Okay,
1: um, and as you said, I um, Claudio, love Claudio. I've known, I've known Richard forever. I love Richard. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a really difficult art.
0: And there's a reason why all those men. I mean, I don't know Bo. Yes, but i But the other two, I mean, fill up clinics. Because there's just no one else who does it. Right. Right. And they're in incredibly high demand um, because I have heard they will occasionally just fix an issue in a way that no one else can, Mm -hmm. um, which is very, very cool. And I'm incredibly interested in it. But I do wonder, you know, I see some people do it very casually and Mm -hmm. I always have wondered, like, because it's to like Jean-Luc Cornel's point of you essentially do not have very many AIDS when you do it, Mm -hmm. you know, how – like, I think you have to weigh the pros and cons of, like, okay, I'm essentially taking a lot of my A's away and then trying to get a different result. So unless I know how to do this really, really well, and I have a very specific plan of what's going to happen, I think maybe my hypothesis is that it's not going to have the benefit people think
1: know, it is. And you know me with the, like, I'm so, so much of a seat rider,
0: I am too, and it seems like like long lining. I just don't know how you wouldn't get handsy with it.
1: I've seen, like I said, I've seen. There's a couple of people in the world that I've seen that are that good at it, and I'm sure there's more than that. But that I know. But in
0: our world, we've only seen a Uh, few people who. Because I want that self carriage
1: and that lightness, and I am not experienced enough as a long liner to get that. I will play with it. Right. But I am certainly not at that level. And I can do it so much more effectively and efficiently
0: Under on the saddle. horse.
1: But I want also, like anything I use, I want the horse to be supple everywhere. And for me with long lines, I'm still not at that place yeah. that I can get that level of flexion and suppleness um, through the atlas and the neck and the shoulder,
2: okay.
1: uh, rib cage, leg, right, all of it. Where That I am able to do that sort of PT work, physical therapy type okay. work, riding. I am not able, I have not mastered executing that with long lines. But I know there is a couple of people
0: that can. Again, it seems like long lining, you know, lunching is a whole new skill set. That's incredibly hard. But long lining is like oh, the masters. Like master. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the PhD version of, right, lunching. of lunching. So yeah. it shouldn't be taken lightly.
1: No, it shouldn't. And people will, unfortunately can do a lot of damage well, and, and, and do a lot of damage, but not realizing it, you know, right. thinking that they're adding to their training program,
0: right.
1: not realizing the difficulty level of doing it correctly is through the roof.
0: Right. Right. Especially like I could imagine it'd be very easy to like pull a horse behind a vertical and oh, not even very realize much so. it. or
1: having them very much into the chest because right. they're too much into the front end because okay. that's what you've got. So really good people will get the hind end engaged and have the hind leg compressed and have everything in the right place and the horse reaching to the bit and have all of the muscles supple, but right. it's not what you see most.
0: Right. Okay. Can I do the final Fair. one? Should we do the final one? Yeah. Do you want me to do it to you? I already know what it is. Where <laughs> <Fair laughs> was it? Was that it? I'll, I'm going to take it. Okay. All right, you you hey, have to do. we're winning this game.
2: <laughs>
0: Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me feel a little bit like. Never mind, I don't want. To get this is up my on favorite game show ever. It's a good game show. <laughs> so okay, so now you have to do the extreme difficulty level, which is one word. Um, and I'm going to say pulley.
1: Am I allowed to say the name? Because I know what it is. The, the lunging system. Now we're
2: playing
0: the most fun game at all. <laughs> Which is,
1: let's try not to get sent a get, let's try, not to get <laughs> let's try not to get sent to CC. The lunging desist. system. The pulley the... and leverage lunging system.
0: So I have research on that pulley. In, uh, I have research on it, and I don't think you're going to like the research on it, but really? I want to talk about it. Make a joke.
2: Now it's the audience's turn to have to guess. And <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: right? uh, now it is the audience's turn to guess what we are talking about. What we're talking about. And I am going to link this study in. Um, you know, I'm just going to say the name of the study because we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to talk about the pros and cons of it. So the study, um, the effect of a uh, PASOA training aid on temporal, linear, and angular variables of the working trot by um, V.A. Walker and Sue Dyson um, at all. Um, so there is not a uh, conflict, of conflict of interest statement at all. So this is so we just don't know. we don't know, and I don't have access to this study. I believe I just have abscess, access access to the abstract, but that isn't abnormal. Okay, um, just to be clear, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's something fishy going mm-hmm. on. Just Maya only has so much access to free <laughs> research. Is basically what that okay. means. So basically, what this said is a lot of people use the Pasola training as. Um, training aid, which is also referred to in this study as PTA, to develop core muscle strength um, and during rehabilitation following an injury. Um, what I know of this training aid is a lot of people use it, especially um, on, like, off days. Like, I know a lot of trainers will Pessoa all the horses once a week, um, and I know a lot of people who use it with their horse has, like, kissing spine, for example. Mm. Um, and so, basically the findings um The results, the findings indicated that the PTA may be beneficial for general training and rehabilitation as a method of improving posture, stimulating core muscles activation, and improving overall way of going without increasing the loading of the forelimb and hindlimb structures. Further work is warranted to understand the mechanism which induces these changes. I'm just going to look it up and see if I can find a um, conflict of interest statement really quick. Okay, conflict of interest statement states that none of the authors has any financial or personal relationship, so it is unbiased. Okay. Okay. So, in the conclusion, so the not the abstract, but the more direct conclusion is basically that a properly fitted PTA may be beneficial. Um, and what's the maybe? Let's look at the actual. That's a results. little ambiguous. It know? is a little bit ambiguous. Um, okay. So if we want to dig into it a little bit more, um, the effect of a PTA on electromyographic activity of the longissimus dorsi, which is the big muscle of the back. So no increase in longissimus dorsi activity when horses worked with or without. So basically no difference. Um, It was suggested that deeper back and abdominal activity may be altered. So, OK, so basically we can't access the full um, study study to actually see what it means. And it does seem pretty ambiguous. So this is saying that it may help. However, somewhere else it basically said that it didn't make any difference on the back. But the greater, you know, the greater... Uh, Question it, that Melissa brought up to me, you know, I basically told her like, oh, there's this horse that I'm going, I may be rehabbing. I'm just going to throw it in the Pessoa rig because I've heard so many of my friends with kissing spine use it. And you said, no, 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 no. <laughs> and why is that?
1: Um, I for the
0: back. I'm not
1: talking about the back. It may it may help right. the back. What okay. I don't like is what it does to the mouth. Okay. Um, and I know it said in that study that it doesn't affect balance, but in my personal experience, and I may have been using it incorrectly, I was young, but I also know a lot of people that have corroborated that they've also seen horses yeah. flip over in it.
0: Okay. Um, so you've seen, I mean, cause it's one thing to say like, okay, this could very potentially cause long-term damage to the TMJ and the structures yes. of the neck. But talk to me a little bit, like, let's just briefly touch on the horses that flipped over.
1: I mean... I, like I said I haven't used this system since I was right in my early 20s okay. so but I don't believe it to be that difficult to fit I mean it's made, that's why they market
0: it like right it's not
1: shouldn't take a degree right to, to fit it to a horse and so right. I mean it seemed Unless to it,
0: so it shouldn't something shouldn't be available to the public if it's that hard if to it's fit. that hard to fit but you know it just comes down to the basic physics of it basically directly co- Connects the mouth, the to, the mouth hind leg. to the hind leg, and when the hind leg move, it bumps the mouth. So that's what I really hate about it. That just seems kind of crazy. Like it pulls and, on and, the mouth
1: every time the horse moves, so you're punishing the horse.
0: So it's <laughs> just it is essentially a tie down. That's
1: what I think. I mean, that's yeah. that's my take on it.
0: And and it was just or you're wild, teaching the horse like, to
1: just stay behind completely behind the vertical, or, or even just off the, the bit. bit.
0: Yeah, just totally so they off don't the get bit. pulled.
1: So they're holding themselves, right? Which is
0: not not Good, it's not what you want
1: to strengthen anything
0: that, and it's so interesting because I had never thought about that until you pointed our conversation, out <laughs> and, to me. and I felt and I so bad because I sort of like, jumped. Oh, you just immediately were like, No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are not doing it, and that. then I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> no, no, you anyways. can do that, I okay.
1: <laughs> But I felt bad because I was like, I, My reaction was so like, Oh, yeah, visceral.
0: visceral, oh, yeah, no, but it's super interesting because, like as soon as you pointed it out, I was like. Oh my God! How did which in in my defense I've never used it before, right. so I've never even seen it. I've like seen other people use them, but or I've seen like a picture. Really you know what? Like a I've picture a of picture, it looks picture, like, right? But I've never like I never sat and thought about like Oh my God! Yeah. And I'm sure like, a lot of people are you know maybe not
1: gonna love my take on it because I know well, they're very
0: popular. Oh, they're extremely popular. But my question would be, how can you? Like what? What is your justification? Right. Right. Like, and because you know, the interesting thing is, I have some friends who have used it, and their horses' backs have gotten better. But my question is, at what cost to the neck? Right. And at what cost to? Because if their, you look at the way they go,
1: you could say I can see that helping the back. No, it
0: do, It <laughs> seems like it does lift their back. Now a bit.
1: you can right. also fix or improve kissing spines with proper. Dressage. Dressage training. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also wonder a little bit if these horses are just benefiting from one less day of a rider. Of a rider their on back. their back. Yeah, and, like, just doing something to exercise. And like, they I are wonder, round. And they are round. And they are their back is lifted, right. probably, because it's forced to. Otherwise, it hurts a lot. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I would love to see a study on, like using PSOA in like after three years of consistent use, what does the the neck, neck look and the like? T M J or the Yeah, you know you know, if someone took pictures before, during and after of using it like once a week for three years, what would that do compared to a control group mm-hmm. that just got to like lunge? Without anything tying it down, once a week. Maybe
1: really proper or, lunging.
0: Or maybe really or maybe proper, proper with lunging with Cavaletti's. Holes. Yes. Yeah. No, that would be really interesting. So that's that's an interesting one, and I would love to like if anyone is listening to this and disagrees with us, I would love to hear your justification. And like, and I'm very disagrees with
1: it. good <laughs> with a yeah. good argument. I want yeah. I want you to bring me like
0: bring me the science or bring, bring me, bring me, the, me science, the physics of it bring like me the can, physics. can you explain away the physics of the pisoa reaching uh, hitting the horse in the mouth every time it moves right because if you can i'd love to know i would love to yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and without having the horse just back off of it and yeah. stay off of it because that's not correct either. tell me
0: if this is a bad idea can you solicit case studies from people like in their personal use like i've been oh, using yeah. this thing in, for years and that like literally answers your question of, Do this for three years and show me what
1: happened. But they may not know. They're not going to know what it does to the neck without.
0: And that actually, I think that could be a podcast episode within itself. So those of you who didn't hear Allie, my producer, um, basically said like, well, what if we ask people for case studies? But actually, I think that could be a podcast episode in and of itself of basically like, I think equestrians often use anecdotal evidence to back up. Something, mm-hmm. You know, so for example, I was going to rehab a horse um, with the Pessoa system because my best friend uses or someone I care about right. uses the Pessoa system on their horse with kissing spine and has seen really good results with it. But that person may have had good results with the back. But maybe that horse's neck hurts a whole lot. And just because one thing has worked for one horse, A, doesn't mean it's going to work for your horse. And B, it doesn't paint a full picture. Right. It's all the per- rider's perceived change. And there is so many elements of, like, um, placebo effect, mm-hmm. suggestibility. Like, if the whole barn is using it, of right. course, more people are going to like it. And like you said, oh, my friend uses it. So this yeah. is going to work for me. And it's my friend who's, like, obsessed with her horse. Right, right. Like, would right. literally, like do anything for this horse right, of right? Course. so it's someone I trust it's and not most just of a would, and, mo- and,
1: and we're not right. most of us are not out to <laughs> we're out to help our horses oh
0: yeah right most yeah. of us right
1: um and so you think oh this is a really great until you're like oh yeah maybe it's not
0: yeah
1: maybe my mind is blown right now or maybe yeah. my mind will get blown if someone has
0: good yeah, I mean, maybe maybe there's a trainer it. out there or listening or a friend of a trainer out there who says, oh, well, this trainer uses this system or a similar system in this specific way and they get this result. You know, th- like Let's that would be interesting. It. I would love to hear about right. it. I'm and super, I know a lot of people yeah. love them and,
1: and use them repeatedly, oh, yeah, but I, I don't them. know that everybody knows the
0: potential negative effects. Right. And I would also just be super interested in um, – you know, none of these things like you and I are talking about, I don't have a vested emotional interest in, like, side reins, right? Like, I I like I see people use them, and I'm like, I don't like that, but I'm not going to, like, scream and cry. Yeah, and, that's like, not one you know,
2: that
0: I'm like, how like, dare you? <laughs> yeah, like, if I see someone putting their horse around in a gouge, I probably would actually say something mm-hmm. or a tie down. But just, like, you know... I don't have an emotional attachment to my belief system when it comes to horses. I have an emotional attachment to advocating for them. Exactly. So for the horse welfare. For their welfare. Yeah. I don't like I don't pick something and choose to hate on it arbitrarily. I sit no. down and I look at all the research and actually time and time again, I've had a pre- preconceived notion about something and been proven wrong when I go down a rabbit hole of research. Right. Like, you know, for example, I actually totally thought that massage guns were BS. And then I did a ton of research on it. And like the research is super compelling that they actually do something they help me a ton oh yeah and so then so i actually went out and bought like a nice expensive one it actually helped me a ton too i love it. right and thing. like even red light therapy like i went to love tell it. yeah no i went to tell someone i was like that doesn't work and so i went and looked up the research <laughs> on it and i was like oh wow there is a lot oh, there's of a lot of research that, shows that it works <laughs> <Red
2: light. laughs>
0: um Super. so you know i i so if anyone out there is listening to this disagrees with me and has science and has like physiological reasoning as to any to, as to prove me wrong, I would love to be proved wrong. I would right. love to believe that a lot of these gadgets that we've used on horses throughout history are not doing the level of damage that it seems like we are right. to them. So, so I feel like we've talked a lot about the bad things about side reins and. <laughs> And to me, I do think that there are – there's a lot more bad than good about side reins, mm-hmm. but you and I both will occasionally use side reins. You know, we we have said all these negative things about them, but I think side reins are one of those uh, tools that it's just so frequently misused that that's why so many people have come out so – aggressively against it but i do think that there's some nuance there you know to me personally like for example if you have to lunge and exercise um a horse that might not be um naturally trained to lower their head and drop their neck like if you're in a pinch and you really do need to uh lunge an anxious horse that is in a phase of their training where they're super inverted all the time. Would you consider using um, side reins with a surcingle that are very loosely adjusted?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, there, there are circumstances that I do use them. If there's a time constraint where I can't take, you know, a year right. to get this horse uh, soft and round and accepting the contact, it can kind of be the bridge to get them steady yeah. and understand. The general area that you would like them to be, and you can do that in a month, so I won't use them for a long period of time, yeah, um, but I will use them in just kind of short short little blips to help the horses understand and I think out of the last ten horses, I might have used them on two, okay, just for like a reference of uh, how frequently um I choose to to use that as a tool, and if I'm it's in my own horse, I'll take forever, and I won't okay. use them. Um, but if, like I said, if there's a time constraint or or if the horse is really struggling to understand uh, contact and pressure, um, sometimes I'll use one also.
0: Oh, interesting. And
1: I'll start them with one. I don't put two on. So and,
0: on the outside. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And I That's don't. That's really um, interesting. Yeah. I like
0: that a lot. So yeah. I'll start
1: there, so that okay. I'm not starting out this conversation like. Your head's tied down. Right. It's just a, hey, what about this pressure over here on the outside? And then I'll use the inside, the lunge line to help them soften through the top. And then I can kind of use that like I would my hand.
0: I like that a whole lot. That seems like a nice, happy medium mm-hmm. of like, in a like again, in a pinch or in a situation where you may just have to lunge a horse. Like, for example, let's say you injured yourself and, you know, up till then you did all riding on your horse and they weren't perfectly trained to lunge without side reins yet. Maybe very loosely attached side reins, like very, very yeah, loose. loose. Mm-hmm. basically to the point where they're not doing anything. But to me, just that little bit of weight from the side reins can encourage the horse to relax their head and neck down um, from the bit just that little bit of weight in the bit to me I think does encourage especially like a younger or more anxious horse Mm -hmm. that might be more prone to kind of running around with their head up Mm -hmm. Um, you know and they also they're not going to live in them like I have seen a lot of young horse programs where you know they basically have a young horse live in like pretty tightly adjusted side reins for like a few months or like Every single time, mm-hmm. the, either either the horses ridden and lunged pretty, for a while beforehand in side reins or they're just lunged in side reins. That does seem detrimental to me, but that's not like what you and I are talking about. I agree,
1: yeah. I'll use it as a supplement. Right. It's not going to be every time they're getting lunged. I'll use the rope halter because I would like to teach them how I want them to go without anything. Right. And then I'll supplement those 20% of horses or whatever with uh, just – and they have to be able to get their head up and away from it. This isn't like
0: mm-hmm. a, a trap. It's an encouragement. It's, it's an, an encouragement. In, it's an invitation, right, because it's not tightened down that much. No, like they're, they,
1: can get a, they can put their head straight up and get away from it.
0: Right, they can. It's just like that little bit of weight might yeah. be the thing to that's encouraging them to, to drop a bit. So even yeah. there,
1: I'm still encouraging them to make the decision. Right. To feel for it, not right. not put them and force them in that position.
0: Yeah, like I do wonder if that might be a nice way to almost like early on in a horse's training, like have very brief sessions with that just so that they can kind of loosen and like they can kind of get one sensation at a time. Like they get to play with the bit with a little bit of weight without a rider messing exactly. with it Exactly, without the know? rider is, is yeah. a big
1: reason can- that I'll do it on certain personality types. Yeah, yeah. Or just let them – figure it out and, and work through it
2: yeah.
1: <clears throat> mentally for them on their own without having a new – because riders are at that point new to them right. in general. So for some horses, it's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, <clears throat> I do feel like sometimes we just interfere too much with horses. Like, sometimes we interfere too little, but I think almost – More than not. <laughs> I think more often than not we interfere too much mm-hmm. with them, especially, like, I even find myself – some of us who are extremely – obsessed with our horses like i think i like used to just be like oh my god like i need to do this that and the other and like micromanage but sometimes horses just need a minute to kind of process stuff on their own yes yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: that's a big part of emotional health is (laughs) giving them that space and time to process if we as humans have to like fix everything and do everything and you know and we've got to get it we've got to get it and that time to just let them Breathe and think and process is huge. That's where they like learn the most.
0: Right. Especially, you know, like they just they have to I think most of us, but especially horses can only really learn like one thing at a time, mm-hmm. like giving them a space to process just one or two new things at a time is really beneficial. Absolutely. To them.
1: Keeping it really clear.
0: You know. Awesome. Yeah. I love that we can have a little bit of a nuanced conversation. You know, I very rarely say that I'm all against one thing or all in on another thing. Mm-hmm. I do think most of the time there's a gray area in between. I do think with a lot of the gadgets we've talked about there is just no excuse. There's no gray area? area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe not this episode we we discuss as much of the gray area. But side reins are one of those things in the very right hands it, there is a time and a place. Sure. But So I know that we talked about um, a lot with all of these gadgets, all of the really devastating physical effects Mm -hmm. of them and why people may or may not like why people may be attracted to them, but really the reasons why they shouldn't use them. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, you know, because you're an equine emotional specialist, can you speak to the emotional tolls that you see like these gadgets having on horses that really, really tie them and force them into a place?
1: When you start to really read your horses and know their emotions, and you can just start by listening and watching and looking for this stuff, and we'll go into detail about what those exact things are. But what I see is horses that are claustrophobic, horses that are have very high anxiety levels, and it's not always outward. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that they're going to explode against these tools that people use you know a lot of times they go in more than explode
0: right because they're prey animals yeah yeah they have to internalize a lot they
1: internalize so much and they they really do just you can just see it if once you start like really looking at their eyes and studying them um you can see it in their their lips and their nostrils and their eyes and and that you can see the tension um and so i'll take a lot of time just kind of feeling that out and seeing the physical stress in them. But then knowing what they're really holding on to when I start to move them around in the ways that I'm trying to release that tension. Mm. And I can see how long does it take to get them to start to release? How tense are they in their bodies? And how long, you know, and sometimes they've been going like that for, A decade or or more. So you're talking about taking tension that's basically so built into them at that point and asking them to let go of it. And so Mm. I can relate it a lot to, like people can understand with talking about each other, you know, in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the same thing, you know, how long have you been holding on to that stuff? And it's just like us, we go about our day-to-day lives. Yeah. But we're holding in a bunch of past and the horses (laughs) are the same way so those contraptions can make them feel just like like a caged animal and and it's and they're just going along going through the motions but internally they have all of this turmoil about it and when you can see it yeah it's you know it's hard for me
0: so I have two questions my first one is what do you see like, cause you know, a lot of us don't see what you see, right? Mm. I want to know what you see, but also I want to know maybe in this is, I think, kind of related, like how does that tend to, how does that anxiety in that internal struggle for the horse tend to manifest that you've seen? Mm. I mean, and maybe that's too broad, right? We're going to get into that in the next episode right. with you on equine emotion, but do you have any like, kind of like things that you see the most often there? I would say,
1: like, for people starting out that want to really delve into this, Mm. just start looking at, um, like, the wrinkles around the nose. Look at the chin. Is the chin pursed or the lips pursed? And look at the eye. The eye will actually change shape and uh, when it's soft versus when there's a lot of tension in it or sometimes when it's a little angry. Mm. (laughs) Um, It will, like, go from almond round, you know, it'll actually change shape as it softens or has tension. So that's really key things to look for. And also I'll feel the neck muscles and an easy way to know too, is like, is your horse comfortable dropping its head Hmm. or are they stuck up like that? And then, and you ask them to lower it and they come higher or they really just hold it in that defensive posture. Yeah. Then I know I've got some work to do. And, and a lot of times you can say, well, the horse doesn't know how to do that yet, which is true. Right. They have to work through that. But I will know sort of what level of anxiety we're talking about or tension um, based on just that alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So this is reminding me a little bit of that human emotional specialist. I'm forgetting his name right now. I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's done a lot of profiling for the FBI Mm. um, and he has also gone on to work for the NFL and he really specializes in micro expressions and being able to like read people and tell if they're lying or not. Um, And it really sounds like that's kind of what you're doing for horses. Like you are looking at these little facial features and you're able to tell what's going on internally Mm -hmm. with them. Because as much as we all wish they could talk to us, it's really, really hard to tell. That's the key
1: is that, you know, going starting this path, horsemanship, and then years later crossing over into emotional wellness for horses – That's where it has to start because you can't just ask them, you know, where is this coming from or what happened in your childhood or, you know, (laughs) what happened when you were a foal and a yearling? And so reading all of those facial expressions in little detail and then and the musculature and how they're moving and how they're interacting with you, that's where you get all that information to then be able to help them move through it and become more confident and more relaxed and, you know, a better partner.
0: That's really special. And being able to like being able to get that like immediate feedback from them just Mm -hmm. seems like it would be so invaluable to your partnership with them. Being able to kind of see like, you know, me and um, Tori just had an episode about thoroughbreds um, and we talked a lot about like knowing when to push and knowing when to back off. And I think that that is one of the hardest things to learn as a trainer Um, As you go up the levels, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that implementing if riders could more implement what you teach, it might help both the success of the relationship, but it might it might help both the success of, you know, their riding, Mm -hmm. but it also I'm sure would really help to preserve the relationship.
1: A (laughs) hundred percent. It will also let you know when it's right to push for more competition wise or and when it's not the right time. You know, reading yeah. your horse and knowing where they're at and when they're ready for those things and when you need to take a back seat and let them process longer. And um, we have so much pressure on us for competitive goals or owners, you know, that want your horse to do X, Y, Z. Um, and one thing I say to my clients all the time is whatever the horse is ready for. Okay. So as long as they are comfortable with me letting the horse take the lead on that, um, then it will work. And and it always ends up that the horse is then ready for, for more because they know that I'm listening to them and I'm wanting them to be ready for it. Yeah. And so they're always like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. You know, <laughs> but but it is a bit of a different path because I'm not just saying, okay, we're gonna do this level at this point and then I need you to be doing this then and You know, I do have goals, but it's always the horse first.
0: That's perfect. So basically what I'm hearing that instead of the way that many of us were taught to interact with horses which is a one-way conversation of mm-hmm. telling them what to do and expecting them to be obedient what i'm hearing is that you're you have an open dialogue with your horses yes. so you're able to read their body language and have a conversation with them and ask them and invite them to do things but be open to their feedback as to what they're ready for
1: hundred percent it is a it is a willing conversation And it's like it's amazing because it's like you and I sitting here, except there's no verbal,
2: yeah.
1: Um, And it's in real time, you know. And it's and it's like this exchange as you're working with the horse, whether it's on the ground or under saddle, and then we navigate that together. And it's just such a when you when you get that, it's like a drug, you know. There's just so much partnership that goes on,
0: yeah,
1: and dialogue. That is just silent
0: and incredible. A little magic. Yeah. I think it's kind of magical, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it feels magical, doesn't it? <laughs> all right. Well, I can't wait to dive into how to do that with you and your horse in our next episode on equine emotion. I believe the psychologist who did all of that research on uh, human microexpressions, his name was Paul Ekman. Fascinating work. Do you have anything else left to add? we have so I mean, we, can we talk have so us. much more to talk about i mean so all right everyone stay tuned for our next yeah. episodes with melissa which are going to include um other aids that we don't buck with such as um bits different kinds of bits we're going to dive into as well as different kinds of spurs and whips um, and other training aids we may even um we're hoping to have her back and really dissect um, what she does as an equine emotional specialist, and what you can do to help your horse feel their best emotionally. Yay! Last question of the podcast. <sighs> no, I've been stressing about it. <laughs> what? What is? What is one of the training aids that I just mentioned? Not that we've talked about today. Um, give us a little taste for next time. What is a bit spur? whip that you don't buck with and i know there's a lot
1: there's a lot um can i say doubles before you're ready
0: Ooh, that's a good one yeah i really like that one all right great i can't wait to talk about it thanks for coming <laughs> on thank you <laughs>